You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Ask yourself this question, am I a Christian? Because if you're a Christian, your life should come from Christ. As a Christian, your life comes from Christ. You should be growing day by day week by week, month after month, year after year. You should be growing in your faith. You should be growing in truth. You should be growing in all spiritual things. Have you been growing in your Christian life? Growing in your Christian life is not just on a Sunday, but Monday to Saturday. Exercising your faith. The Bible teaches us in the book of 2 Corinthians 13, verse 8, that we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. What is the truth? The truth is the Word of God. Every day we experience different kinds of facts. You may have a doctor's report. Might be a fact that the balance in your bank account is low. Those are facts. Might be a fact that your marriage is going through a tough time. Your business is under pressure. These are all facts. But you need to get the truth about your situation. Because the Bible says you cannot do anything against the truth, but for the truth. What does that mean? It means you can come in agreement with the truth. Many of us today are resisting the truth. We're against the truth. We should be for the truth. I was reading from Numbers 32, where the Israelites are going into the promised land. The promise that God had given them. That you will occupy and possess this land. And even in that whole process, the tribe of Reuben and Gad came to Moses and said, we don't want to cross over. They said, what we have seen here, we are happy we want to stay here. We've got livestock and we think we can look after them better here than in the promised land. Many times we do that in our own lives. Where God says, I have planned and predestined for you the promised land, the land overflowing with milk and honey. The place that God has chosen for you to inhabit and to possess. And we view it as a situation or look at a situation from a natural point of view. We say, no, I think I can do it better here. You can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter 9, verse 4. Acts 9, we know the story about Saul on his way to Damascus. And verse 4 says, Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Can you see there's a time in Saul's life when he was against the truth, what God had planned for him? 
was a season where he said, I'm going to kill Christians. Where God had called him to be a Christian. Even though he was moving in the opposite direction, God did not change his mind about what he had planned for Saul. Many times we move in the opposite direction of what God has planned for us. We know the promise that God has given us, the truth that God has given us. But we want to go in the opposite direction. The tribe from Reuben and Gad that came to Moses, they didn't really ask Moses for permission. They just came to inform him and say, this is what we want to do. We're not going to cross over to the promised land. God wants you to cross over to the promised land. But what decision have you made in your heart? What have you purposed? All our actions, everything we do, everything we say, we have to view it in the light of God's word. We have to view it in the light of truth. If we want our lives to change, if we want the breakthrough that we want, it's on God's terms, according to His word, and not ours. Turn to the person next to you and say, God has planned good things for you. God was busy talking to Saul and saying, how long will you kick against this? How long will you be against this? You know, one of the biggest mistakes we make in life today, we're against evil. We stand against evil. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is bad. This is evil. But it's time that we start to stand for that which is good. There's a difference. The difference is always telling the person what they've done wrong. That's the law. The law was the perfect husband. It can tell you every time what you've done wrong. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet. And every time you do something wrong, it tells you you've done that wrong. You've done that wrong. You've done that wrong. And it brings guilt and condemnation. Some of you are saying, it feels like I'm married to the law. But Jesus, when he came, grace, the truth. When the word became flesh and it manifested, we could see its glory. Grace upon grace. The law came through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. If you go read that in John chapter 1, through Moses the law came. The law is the written part, the truth. But Jesus came grace and truth. What does that mean? The truth about you and me, what's between that and the law that judges us, is grace. That's the truth that you should hold on to. What does that mean? We are not here to judge and condemn people. Family, listen to me. If the only thing that you are doing is criticizing a situation, that situation will never improve. You have to show a more excellent way. You have to manifest the good. 
Because it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Not judgment, not condemnation, not criticizing them, not telling them the whole time what they are doing wrong. If you want a better marriage, stop criticizing her. If you want a better husband, stop criticizing him. Show a more excellent way. Family, listen to me. Let me give you the facts. Nobody's perfect. I'm a pastor. Been in ministry for a long time. Married 25 years. I still make mistakes. A matter of fact, the longer you are married to somebody, you'll probably find out more that they're not perfect because you get to know them more. The longer you are married, the more grace you're going to have to show. But the bottom line is, if you believe the truth that God has given you this wife, then hold on to the word of God. Don't criticize the marriage. You, as the husband, take the lead. We want to be the priest, the head of the home. Gentlemen, let, talk to me. Do you want to be the head of your home? Let me hear a loud amen. Amen. Listen to me. This is the truth. And we view everything in the light of God's word. The Bible says, A man will leave his father and his mother, and he will be joined to his wife, and they will become one flesh. Do you know what that means, husbands? It means the primary responsibility to protect the unity is upon your shoulders. Amen. That doesn't mean you boss her around. It means you ask God for wisdom to protect the unity. Let us be known for people that stand for good. Not people that show out what is wrong the whole time. Why? Because there's a dying world out there that can show you and tell you what is wrong. But you need the Spirit of God to stand for what is good. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. If you want your wife to change, show goodness towards her. If you want your husband to change, show goodness towards her. What turned Peter to God is when the nets were full of fish. He immediately was aware of God's presence. Say, Lord, I'm not worthy to be in your presence. This can only be God. I've worked the whole night. I've done everything that I could. And the nets were empty. And you've spoken one word. And now the nets are full. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Not judging them, not criticizing them, not condemning them. If you want your wife to get better, dish out a few good compliments. 1 Peter 2, verse 15. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of the foolish. So when people see you doing good, people will mouths will be quiet. Matthew 5. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 
Galatians 6 teaches us, do not become weary. Do not become tired. Don't give up in doing good works. Let's stand for that which is good. And not just to stand against what is evil. It's a different mindset to look at things differently. To see the good in every situation. Every person that God has made is made in God's image and God's likeness. Turn to the person next to you and say, do not become weary. Do not lose heart in doing good. Family, this is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's do good wherever we go. The truth is God has saved you by grace, not by your good works, but after you have saved, He empowers you to do good works. Have you been relying on the grace of God to do good works? To be one with the difference? Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 7. I want to show you something. Luke chapter 7 verse 20. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm crossing over. Tell them, you can decide to stay on the other side of the Jordan. But I'm going into the promised land. Tell them, even if it looks from a natural point of view, that the sheep will be happy, God said it's better on the other side. Even though I've not seen it, I'm going to believe it. Amen. Family, listen to me. You can do nothing against the truth. God said the promised land is the promised land. They didn't say the promised land. You can make it happen there in the wilderness. Just because you can make it happen in your own strength doesn't mean it's the promised land. What God says is the truth. Amen? Verse 20. When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you saying, are you the coming one or do we look for another? I want to remind you that John the Baptist heard the voice of God the Father from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I want to remind you that John the Baptist was the one who had the revelation who said, this is the Lamb of God. I'm not worthy to tie the laces of his sandals. Had that revelation. I want to remind you that John the Baptist was the one who saw the Holy Spirit like a dove come down on Jesus. And as soon as he finds himself in prison, he says, disciples, can you just please go to Jesus and make sure that he is Jesus? Am I talking to the right people here this morning? God has given you the promise. He has spoken to you. You've had that confirmation. You've had the goosebumps. You had the scripture. And you had somebody walk up to you and say, this is what God wants to do in your life. And now suddenly you find yourself in a prison. It's normal. We're not in heaven yet. We're here on earth to manifest heaven. But if you don't believe that heaven is on the inside of you, if you don't believe that the kingdom of God is on the inside of you, if you don't believe that truth, how will you ever manifest it? I 
When the men had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? And that very hour he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits. And to many blind he gave sight. Jesus answered and said to them, Go tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. He was saying to them, Go and tell John, you are seeing the fruit in my ministry. Just because you had a revelation of who I am, and now you find yourself in a difficult situation, don't doubt who I am. Don't doubt who I am. Blessed is he who is not offended. Family, do you know what that means? It means he had an expectation. He was actually saying, I know that the Spirit of God is upon you to set the captives free. I'm in jail. Come get me out. I saw the Spirit come down. I heard the voice. I know it's who you are. If you are who you say you are, come get me out of prison. They didn't explain the situation to his disciples. They didn't sit them down and say, let me just share with you. He said, go back and tell him. You see the fruit in my life. I'm busy doing what I'm supposed to do. Not the way that you want me to do it, but I'm busy doing it. The New Living Translation says the following, And tell him God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. God, you haven't done it now? You're not getting me out of this prison? I'm not going to serve you anymore. And you think you spite God. You're not spiting God, you're spiting yourself. The Good News Bible says the following. How happy are those who have no doubts about me. Whether he heals you or not, he's still your healer. That's the truth. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to the king. He said, whether our king delivers us or not, we want you to know he's our deliverer. We're not changing our confession about what we know is the truth about our God. If He wants to deliver us, He can deliver us. But we're not changing our confession. The Passion Translation says the following, and tell John the, these words, The blessing of heaven comes upon those who never lose their faith in me, no matter what happens. Many times when we go through difficult situations, tough things, we want to change our confession. If I may use the example of marriage again, you have one disagreement. Family, listen to me. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. If you have one disagreement, then you say, I wonder if I heard from God if this is really my wife. Wonder if this is really the woman, the angel from heaven that God sent me, because you're behaving like the devil now. Or you look at your husband, my prince, 
the one to comfort me. And all that he's doing now is causing storms in my life. Don't because of one little thing doubt God's promises. God has given you a transport business. The first time you get a flat wheel, hmm, it's a devil. No, if you have a transport business, sometimes you're going to hit a pothole, you're going to get a flat tire, you're going to have to fix it. God gives you a car, and now the petrol tank is empty. This is from God. If this was God, why is the petrol tank empty? Just go and fill it up. Don't lose focus now. Family, listen to me. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. The Bible says those that know this and have this revelation, they'll enjoy the goodness of it. Every time you say something, you're either building people up or you're breaking people down. I can assure you, when you declare the truth about what God is saying about that person, you'll be building them up. But if you are declaring the facts, you'll be breaking them down. God says you can decide. God has decided already to give you life and life in abundance, superior in quality and superabundant in quantity. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. God wants life in your life. That's why he sent Jesus Christ to bring that God kind of life into your life. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. So you can decide to bless your business, bless your children, bless your marriage, bless your church, bless your life, or you will curse it by what you say. And then you want to come to the prayer line and say, I'm cursed, please pray for me. First change your confession. Because as a Christian, you'll know that you are blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. Everything that God has got for you is given already through Jesus Christ. Turn to Proverbs 18. The fruit we bear explains who you are. If you come in here in the church or at work or at your house, you have like this thunder cloud over you. It's called the fruit of grumpiness. Why doesn't anybody greet me? They're scared of the lightning and the thunder. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't be so serious. <laughs> Tell him he's not talking about you. <laughs> Tell him he's talking about the person that you know that's like that. <laughs> don't be so serious. 
Some people have this cloud of grumpiness over them just to keep people at a distance because they themselves got hurt. It's hurting people that hurt. But when you've let go of the hurt, now the sun will start to shine again and you can smile. But usually a guy with a cloud of grumpiness is always blaming the weatherman for the thunderclouds over him. <laughs> it's never him. It's always the weatherman that sees the cloud. It's very quiet now. Remember to download the message and take it to that person that's always grumpy. Amen. So that you can help them. Proverbs 18. Reading from verse 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. God gives us words to build up, not to tear apart, not to break down. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Family, listen to me. The words we speak determine the life that we live. The words we speak determine the life that we live. Tell your wife every day she looks beautiful. Tell her every day she's the best thing that's happened to you apart from God. Tell her her cooking is nice. Don't tell her your food doesn't taste like my mother's food. <laughs> you're not busy building up. You're breaking down. Amen. If you loved your mother's food so much, why did you marry her? <laughs> The Bible teaches us a Christian's home does not just happen, it's built. It's built by the words that we speak, the things that we say. I heard somebody said a while, if you look at somebody's children today, you know what they invested in the children five years ago. And if you want to see what they are going to be five years from now, see what they are investing and saying and declaring over their children right now. You want to see where somebody's marriage is now? You know what kind of seeds they were planting the previous season. And if you want to know where it's going, see what's happening right now. If you want to know the future of a church with all certainty, go ask the leadership what they believe about God. If they believe that all things are possible, if they believe that God wants to do it, if they believe that God is the creator of the universe, the one who formed us, the one who made us, if they believe that with God all things are possible, you know where that church is going. You are snared by your own words. 
the things that you say. It's oftentimes the things that limit you. If Pastor Valentine upsets me, and I say, I'll never ever talk to him again. Now I've ensnared myself. Now I have a problem. Pastor Valentine can sort it like this. I could just call him and say, Pastor V, can you quickly help me with this? But now I've ensnared myself. Never going to talk to you again. By your own words, you are limiting yourself. Upset because he did one thing wrong. Maybe that's one weakness that he's got. Whereas he's got nine strengths. But now I reject him because of one weakness. But with that, I'm also rejecting his ten strengths. In our relationships at home with our children, sometimes maybe you were very good with maths. And now you don't understand why your children is not good with maths. Cannot be your children, it must be your wife. <laughs> People are made differently. She's got other strengths that I need. Amen? Sometimes we break relationships because we're not holding on to the truth. God has said to you, this is a key destiny relationship. You're going to need this person in your life. Elijah, Elisha. Elisha, Gehazi. Gehazi did not protect the relationship. Gehazi was supposed to be a prophet that was supposed to do double the amount of miracles that his master did. But because he did not hold on to the truth, but looked at opportunities from a natural point of view, it cost him. Family, listen to me. Everybody makes mistakes. Run to God, not away from God when you make a mistake. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to use my words wisely. When unbelievers are confused in this world, we as Christians should be able to give them clear direction. We should provide the answer. We should show them how it works. That's why I tell people I'm a pastor, but I'm not perfect. I'm married 25 years. I have to work harder now. I have to ask myself, what kind of a husband do I want to be a year from now? Five years from now. Then I have to ask myself, what needs to change so that my marriage can be better? You change, not your wife. God will work with your wife. But allow God to work with you. Let this truth Come and challenge you. I can tell you most of the time, most of the time, when you start 
and you say, God, help me for my marriage to be better, my relationship to be better with my children, with the people around me, it's usually going to come down to one thing, love more. Love more. Because when you love more, you're prepared to make sacrifices. When you love more, you are prepared to be the least. But when you're not loving, then pride sets in. I'm the head of the house. Why is the coffee not here on the table already? What laziness is this and slowness of spirit is this? You better go to the prayer line. Remember the one time I was there with the family and we were, we were eating and there was a bottle of two liter bottle of cool drink standing there. And as I just sat down, I bumped over the two liter and it was just cool drink. Do you know what's the response of a father? Who didn't put the cap on the bottle? Because if the cap was on the bottle, even if I bumped it, there wouldn't be a mess. It's not me bumping the bottle. Who didn't put the cap? I want to know now. There's going to be trouble. <laughs> Am I talking to the right fathers here this morning? It's always the children, always your wife. But the truth is God is busy dealing with you. You don't always have to be right. Sometimes to show that love to your children, to your family, you're going to have to go to your children and say, forgive me. The way I spoke to mommy was wrong. The things that I said was wrong. If we want better homes, we need better husbands. If we want better homes, we need better heads. That's the truth. You can do with it what you want to. You cannot fight it. Let's make a promise to be servants of faithfulness, servants of love, servants of joy, that we can bring hope. The first miracle Jesus did, he met a need. There was no wine. No, we don't drink wine. So no, no, we don't drink wine. There was a need, no wine. Jesus met that need. Showed goodness so that people could turn to him. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to download this message. I have a friend He's been married for a few years. I know he needs this. I know all of this. And it's working for me. But I'm going to show goodness and help some other people. What life are you living? The life that you are living is probably what you are confessing. If you're saying my children are naughty the whole time, why are you complaining when they're naughty the whole time? If you are saying to them, nothing will become of you, and you've been saying it for years now that nothing has become of them, why are you complaining? 
if you've been confessing and saying that? Why don't you show them the word and give them the truth and say to them, this is what the word of God says. He's going to bless the work of your hands. Everywhere you go and you put your feet, God is going to give that to you. You start teaching them and say, yes, there's a world out there that's full of darkness. But you have light on the inside of you. And where you go, let your light shine. And let that light bring hope in people's lives. Not judgment, not condemnation. And you'll see how things will start to change. Sometimes you're going to have to start to break that negative cycle. Because you've been confessing negative things for such a long time. You're going to have to break that negative cycle. Hold on to the word of God. Turn to the person next to you and say there's hope. As long as you change your confession, you'll see that the word of God is alive, is active, and it can change your situation. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Think upon things which ever things are true. Not the facts. Get the truth from heaven about your situation. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, get God's opinion about a situation. If you work in an environment where there's, it's very negative, many problems, many challenges that people are facing right now, Ask God to help you to get the truth about the situation. He says, whatever difficult situation you find yourself in, God will always show you the way out. Start surprising your boss. When you have a problem and you say, this is the problem that we are facing, these are the facts, come with five solutions. Say, I've seen this problem, we have this challenge, but I'm thinking... This can be a solution, 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 this can be a solution. Wow. Who are you? Say, I'm born again. (laughs) I have the Spirit of God showing me and leading me. Maybe the person will say, no, I don't agree with that. But at least they'll see you coming with an answer, you're coming with a solution. They'll see something different in you. A light shining on the inside of you. Turn to the person next to you and say, be one with the difference. Family, when you are born again, remember, the book of Philippians teaches us that it's God who works on the inside of us for His own good pleasure. God works on the inside of you to do His will. It means what God wants to do in your life, He's deposited on the inside. He's committed to that. Align yourself with that. Don't say the whole time, I've come from this background. I've come from... Get that prophetic picture of what God says about you. You In the book of Acts, we are warned that we don't find ourselves fighting God. God wants to do something in your life, but you're fighting God. God wants to use you in a certain way, but you're running away from it. Align yourself with the truth. I'm going to close with this. 
Maybe you're sitting here and you said, you don't know what my teacher said about me, what my parents said about me, what my bosses said about me. You don't know how they labeled me. Family, those are all facts. Focus upon the truth. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Lamentations, 3 verse 37. This is one of my favorite all-time scriptures. I want you to go and memorize this. I want you to go and memorize this scripture. I want you to underline it and I want you to highlight it. Who is he who speaks and it comes to pass when the Lord has not commanded it? Who is he who speaks? Who says things about you? Who declares things over your life? Who says you'll amount to nothing? You're a failure. You'll never be successful. You'll never be a good wife. You'll never be a good husband. You lousy, you whatever people have. Who is he who can say that? And declare that over you? If God has not approved it. If the Lord has not commanded it. What does that mean? It means whatever people say about you or your situation or your circumstances, the truth is the truth. The Bible teaches us that a man was born by the name of Jabez. A man that caused his mother so much pain that she said, your name will be he who causes pain. How do you like that kind of a name? He who causes pain. Mommy, can we go play with him who causes pain? My child, please, we've got enough problems. Just stay away from that child. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Mommy, but he's such a nice guy. Can we just have some fun? Please, we have enough pain. Just, I don't need more pain around me. Just keep this boy away from us. Who do you think wanted to be his friend? But the Bible said, he called upon the God of Israel. And he said, Lord, that you indeed will bless me. That your hand will be with me. Help me to increase, Lord. Protect me, Lord. And let me not cause pain. And the Bible said, God granted him his petition. Because he put his trust not in the facts, and the facts were he did cause his mother pain. But he didn't have control over his situation or circumstances. But he said, I'm not going to look at the facts and the circumstances. I'm looking to the truth. God, you can bless me. You can change my situation and everything about me. Who can speak something? Who can declare something if the Lord has not commanded it? Family, listen to me. The Lord has declared his word over you. You are blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. You are saved. You are healed. You are delivered. You're a life-giving spirit. The declaration that we make before the service, that's the word of God declared over you. doesn't matter what you are facing right now. You can do nothing against the truth but for the truth. The enemy is saying right now, you're the tail. The truth is God says, you're the head. The enemy is saying you're going to go under. The truth is, says you're going to go over. 
enemy is saying, you've been hurt, you've been wrong, you can never forgive that person. The truth is saying, as Christ has forgiven you, you can forgive. And you can let go of it, but you will decide what you're going to do. Sometimes right here in church, we can get hurt and say we're never going to come to church again. But the truth is, the Bible says, do not neglect the assembly of the saints. The church is the reservoir of God's power. We need each other. I need you like you need me. Your strength has become my strength, and my strength can become your strength. But we have to be able to work together. People say it's impossible. The Word of God says it's possible. Don't agree with what the enemy is saying about your situation. Agree with the truth. Sometimes you're going to have to take it and start to confess it and start to declare it. Start to say, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. Not the Lord is busy strengthening me. David said, he is the strength of my life. Say, Lord, I'm holding on to your word to bring change in my life. Paul, most of these scriptures are all about Paul saying, start to think differently. Think upon the truth. Think upon things that build up. Think about things that's a good report. When you change your confession, you'll see things will start to change here. When you allow the word of God to become an integral part of your life, by its very nature, you'll see the truth will change you. And you'll start to act with God, walk with God, plan with God. When somebody hurts you, you can forgive them. Where previously, when they hurt you, it was an eye for an eye. But now you've got the truth on the inside of you. And you've made a decision to say, I'm not going to do anything against the truth. But I'm going to say, Lord, your will be done. And you align your life with the word of God. And you'll see that God will see you through every time. Because his word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.